Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. It is Halloween week. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins, and joining me as always, the man who wears a Halloween mask all year long, Charlie Butter. At least I'm not a $10 whore. I, we should explain that for people who don't follow me on Facebook. <laughs> so the Browns beat the Bengals this week, and the game was ugly, like the entire way through. And I made the comment on Facebook that the win was like a $10 hooker. Wasn't pretty, but I got the job done. <laughs> and I made the comment that Jared is a $10 hooker all the time. So that was probably my best social media interaction of the fucking week. <laughs> Did, that's, that's, that's not good. If that, that was the best. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go off a little bit of a rant here. I know we've actually got a format before we get into it. So I said last week, I was not going to watch AEW live. If anything, I'm going to watch NXT. Mm-hmm. I went to flip to NXT and saw runtime ending at 10.08 and went, that's going to run into the Mac Drexler. Fuck. All right, I'll watch AEW. I know they'll be off right at 10. Mm-hmm. And I actually enjoyed most of the first hour of the show. Eddie Kingston is fucking incredible in hallway. Rick Phoenix and Pentagon had a sloppy match, but had some good shit in it. Adam Page and Cole Cabana were outstanding. And then we get that segment. MJF, Chris Jericho, La Dinner Debonair, and... The, the first thing that my fiance looked up at the TV for the entire show, because she recognized Jericho. And she made a comment about Jericho gained some weight. I'm like, well, he's like 50 years old. Like, no matter how good a shape you keep yourself in, at some point your body's going to go, nope, nope, not anymore. Not Jericho's fault. And so she watches the segment with me. And the second they break out in the song, she goes, your wrestling sucks. And she walks out. So on Twitter, Dave Melker said something. wasn't exactly defending it, but he wasn't criticizing the segment either. Mm-hmm. And I... Reply to him, I'm going, okay, Dave, well, here's what just happened with my fiance, telling tell the story. Call these motherfucking AEW fans on Twitter, oh, nice made-up wife. Oh, yeah, on the, today on things that never happened. Uh, one of them actually went, told me, oh, you bought a coronet, Mac, you probably never even seen a woman. The people that believe the story went, well, that just showing your, your fiance a shitty perkin, and you should leave her. Fuck all of you. So fuck all of you. I'm sorry that my fiance watched one minute of your precious fucking variety show and didn't fucking enjoy it. And shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't even care what my opinion on the goddamn segment was. And I'm getting fucking my, my credibility shot to hell. My fiance told she could pick a shit. Fuck you. Well, that's what you get for, for talking about AEW on the internet. I guess. Although I'll give the one guy, the one guy actually made me laugh. He would, he implied that no, this didn't happen. Uh-huh. But the way he said it was. Well, my wife, my wife who doesn't watch wrestling said, you know, I know wrestling evolved over the year, but this does not represent the catch, catch can style of Ricky Dogan and Luthad. My wife and Antonio Inoki. That was at least funny. You, you, you went, whoever the you worker, you win the internet. That was good. If you're going to fucking do that, she at least be creative with it. But goddamn. Like even Melker just went, well, it doesn't matter if you like it, I like it, or she like it. It depends what the rating can end up being, which is at least the fucking logical way to think the okay. But goddamn. <laughs> By the way, it is Dave Meltzer's birthday. Egg. We record this. Oh, happy birthday, Dave. Fuck Dave Meltzer. Well, okay. Okay, brother love over there. 
God damn. Anyway, glad I got that out of the way early here. I can maybe enjoy the rest of the fucking show. So it's spooky season. So you got any uh, any weird spooky stories to tell? I really don't. Like I've been thinking about it for all day, trying to come up with something, and I really don't have any. I always had like this weird. Uh, felt like it was a dream, but sometimes it felt real. Like that I was getting pulled by my ankles out of bed in the middle of the night. And uh, one time, like usually, I would wake up when it would start to happen. I would jump awake. Well, one night I didn't, and I got felt like I got pulled off my bed into my closet that was to the right of where my bed was and just left there. Like, it, they just pulled me there for no reason. Don't know why. Then I just kind of laid there and uh, woke up. I was in my bed. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. And then uh, a couple nights after that, I actually did, like, jump awake after feeling like I was getting pulled. But it, I was, like, a couple, like, uh, I don't know, three or four inches off the end of my bed so i don't know if i just like slid there or if i actually was pulled i don't know it was in my old apartment i moved not long after that so didn't want to find out yeah i i i get that i get that dream where i'm falling and i wake up just before i hit and it feels like i hit and i landed on the bed i get that thing <laughs> and that there was the one time i was driving and apparently a fighter in the car and it came down here and i thought it won't wreck my fucking car it freaked me out a little of all the other times that you actually did wreck your car fuck you uh, like the sudden blinding you and you drove into oncoming traffic with me in the car. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, we, okay, that was not, we did not actually hit anything. Sir. Thank God. Oh man. Not a good road trip unless we almost die. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I prefer just not have that worry at all. Thank you. I mean, every time we go on like a 45 minute trip, something like that happens. We went to fucking Chicago with no issue. Right. Yeah. I don't know. All right, so I know we have a lot of new listeners um, because of Pro Wrestling Ponderings. So if you haven't already, go follow us at IWTV Guide on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, please give us a review on Apple or wherever, Google. You can find us at IWTV Guide. I know you're probably listening through the Pro Wrestling Ponderings feed, but you can still find us there and give us a positive review. It helps. Keep the advertising to a minimum. So. Yes, which is non-existent. So I advertise the blood and COVID because uh, it's a friend of the show. Book, so that's the only reason why we are advertising that. Okay. So this week on The Mass Wrestler. Another good show. I'm enjoying the concept a lot. The Red Assassin, Skid McGraw, and Falcor. It was very interesting. So Falcor teased, like I said, he was a red herring was not nick gage yeah, not only did he do the mdk all fucking day but he actually did like the fucking nick gage fake wash in the corner and shit too and then a fucking clean shot elbow drop yep like i like everybody thought it was him for a minute based off of that but he landed that elbow drop beautifully like i even i even i started going oh, maybe that wasn't a red herring right that's how beautiful that he hit that elbow yeah, yeah but falcor was not nick gage no he did he was the looker of the match and he did un- unmack b ktb kyle the yes which Warhorse got correct. He was guessing when the match started and guessed that, and he was correct. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny. That's the whole point. He should be there. This yeah. they're they're gonna get a shot at his title. That he should be there and making guesses with this as well. Like it may, he's a character. He could he would fit in with the panelists. I don't understand why that wasn't like thought of. It's silly. And he might actually like try to do real get Chris Catlin or don't pick me off with that shit. Yeah, it was Kane, and I don't know who else was guessed. It was a lot of different people. Yeah, Brickner, the only one, like, trying to take it seriously with the gang. Right. right. 
uh yeah because even he was just like oh i guess i'll go nick gage like nobody else decided to guess that right off the rip like of the three of them like just as their easy guess yeah but uh i will say uh there are some rumors as who the red assassin was some some pretty solid guesses uh I think that could be very, very interesting down the road. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm the one name I heard, especially. I'm really kind of hoping it's him on a claim. But, right. But, but that, yeah, that was. But then again, he had a shot. That person had a shot not too long ago and didn't win the belt. No. Well, you never know. Oh, true. So speaking of Nick Gage. Look, at, the, at that time. It is that time. All right. But I want to preface this a little bit because this happens all the time. And I know a lot of people uh, that we're friends with get very, very upset about this. So anytime. These four four zero guys show up. What do the crowd say? Fuck Ohio. Okay. Yes. So, and we all get defensive of it because we live here. Oh, and partly that, and partly because we're like, fuck all you other states are allowed to have wrestling right. That's that's your take on yes. So Nick Cage was asked about this, and uh, here's what he had to say about it. Man, it sounds like a fuck Ohio, man. I love Ohio, man. I go to Cleveland all the time. It's fuck them fucking. Pussies fucking repping Ohio and they're fake repping that shit because they're pussies. So fuck 440H. That's who it is. Okay? I get love in Cleveland. Shout out to all my boys in Cleveland. With them pussy ass motherfuckers. I'm gonna say their names no more. Yo, next time I see you too, man, I'm gonna sneak you. I'm gonna break your fucking jaw and I promise you that. That was the most emotion Nick Gage showed in that entire Q and A, too. By the way, like he, like he, like he was really up gut. The company went fuck Ohio. Yeah, man, uh, he's he's down with Cleveland. So uh, Cleveland show him nothing but love every time he comes in. So. Absolutely, man. All right, let's jump into what's on IWTV this week. So tonight, Monday, October twenty sixth at seven fifty five p.m. Eastern, Micro Wrestling Federation Monday Night Micro Episode Four. By the time they go up, the replay might be up, and we're not going to get it up before it starts. We're recording a little late tonight. But. Yeah, that's true. Actually, this might be up before then. We know, possibly. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, Tuesday, October 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern, New South Pro Wrestling, Action Clash, Episode 7. Let's see, Wednesday, October 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling, The Road, Season 2, Episode 2. Wednesday, October 28th at 10 p.m., The Mass Wrestler, Episode 3. Thursday, October 29th at 8 p.m., Camp Leapfrog, Things That Go Bump in the Ring, followed by at 10 p.m., Paris is Bumping. Kind of excited to check both of those out. Friday, October 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, H2O, The Last Extravaganza, Day 1, and Saturday, October 31st at 8 p.m., H2O, The Last Extravaganza, Day 2. I believe the Friday show has the last match of Matt Tremont against Ricky Shane Page. I believe you were correct on that. And Sunday, November 1st at 9 p.m., Underground Wrestling Alliance presents Devil's Night. And that's what's on IWTV this week. Okay. So before we get into our review, mm-hmm. you sent me a clip on Twitter earlier of a referee count. <laughs> yeah, that was really bizarre, was it not? Yeah, I got reminded you mentioned Action Wrestling. I think that's where that clip was from, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I have no idea what's going on with that. The clip he sent me is there's a lady referee. And like when she's counting, like the official count with her left hand, but she's swinging her right hand like she's counting too. Like she's swinging on the mat for her count. Yeah. It was really it was, weird. It's real, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're listening to this show, uh, there is a group on Facebook called Gibra Talk that's nothing but referee giving advice. 
Uh, I would recommend checking that out. I'm, 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 I don't want to bury you. I don't know how much, how much experience you have. I don't know if that's how you were trained. Yeah, but I, yeah, just, I, I would recommend, yeah, yeah, kicking from, kicking from additional like kicking from additional work. Right on. Yeah, I, I don't know, don't know the girl, don't know what, yeah, why well, she counts that way. From one zebra to another, huh? Yep. Looking out. All right. Well, let's jump into our review this week. What do, what do you got? Uh, why don't you open it up for us? Okay. So this week we are do, working with Freelance Wrestling. And this was their Halloween show last year from Logan Square in Chicago, October 29th, 2019. Things that go bump in the ring. Freelance Wrestling, based out of Chicago, run by Matt Nick, who's been on AEW a couple of times. And they've been going in 2014, I believe, if I did my research correctly on that. Okay. And they open with... My favorite thing on any Halloween show ever, the Halloween Rumble, the Costume Battle Royal. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely loved Costume Battle Royal. Okay, so this year, I've got the order of entry for the costume. I don't have the name of everybody who did costume. Right. So we start off with the ring announcer, Kirby Alexander. Got, we then have a uh, Team Extreme version of Matt Hardy, played by Chris Castro. We've got Jeff Hardy, Dennis Rodman, Lita, El Fantasmo, Edge, Randy Cavage, Becky Lynch, Matt Hardy version one, played by Chris Castro, Brock Lesnar, Heavy Metal Lore, Akim Kelf, we got Fuck a Halloween costume battle royal, I guess. Matt Riddle, Roman Reigns, who is played by Davey Bang, kind of, we actually announced that Davey Reigns, Orange Cassidy, Broken Matt Hardy, played by Chris Castro, apparently he did a three fake Foley thing the year before. Jim Cornette, played by Matt Harvey, A.R. Fox, Hackmall Jim Duggan, Warhorse, played by a horse doll. A stuffed horse. Stuffed yes. horse. That'll come into play a little bit. And the Holly Taker, Holly Cromwell doing the Undertaker gimmick. Yes. Okay, so, I think a lot of fun. Keen guy doing costume, Keen guy in character. Guy they probably ripped back quite a bit as well. Always fun. Heavy Metal Lore comes in and just starts eliminating people. Be a fucking costume battle royal. Yeah, he, he clears out a good chunk of the Yeah, he clears out a good chunk of the ring. The guy playing Cornette comes out on the microphone talking about how everybody's nothing but a bunch of outlaw mud show cosplay wrestlers. Heavy metal lore, go ahead and get rid of everybody, but cave pocket for me. Because the orange cackly guy was in there. The heavy metal lore eliminate pretty much everybody, with the exception of Lita. He let Chris Castro and Matt broken Matt Hardy eliminate Lita before he dumped him. Uh, uh, yeah, Cornette ended up being the guy that eliminated the orange cackly guy. And then Warhorse comes out, that the stuffed horse, and Cornette on the microphone going, Okay, I don't know how that's gonna work. Dick Flip guy's not here. Tampon girl's not here. Kenny Olivier's not here. Who's gonna put the doll over? And then the stuffed horse hit the Canadian story on Jim Cornette, dump, dump him over the top rope. I enjoyed this segment. Yeah, I'm a Cornette fan, and I enjoyed this segment. This was good shit. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, I got a chuckle out of it. The, 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 whole, the whole fact that who's going to put the fucking doll over? Oh, you're going to do it, Cornette. Fuck you. Right. I'm actually shocked that nobody fucking niche tagged him on Twitter last year when that came out. Nah, he might have, he might not have, just whatever. The Cornette we're talking about. Not everything needs a response. Let's just say oh, I got true. beat by a, a horse at a show. Like, Okay. Any Anything stick out in this one for you? Nah, I mean, it was all right. It was just, you know, just about a royal with costumes. It's fun. It was a good time. It made me laugh a bunch. Uh, the three faces of Hardy was really funny. Um, I wish they would have done more stuff, like with having, like, Jeff there and lita come out like there's there could have been some fun interactions there but they just kind of like seemed like they were just cut for time or something so they just kind of rushed through a lot of stuff so there wasn't oh with a lot of the eliminations there wasn't really any like thought put into it to kind of make it fun it was just kind of it wasn't there was no story to it it was just whatever like 
It wasn't. VCAR a lot more fun when you don't have to worry about about your time. This did air live right. last year. So now they're on a time frame when guy can just do whatever they want to do, and you can kind of play with the time a little bit. They're a lot more fun. Yeah. It was probably my favorite thing on the entire show, honestly. I actually had a hard time getting in the next couple matches. Yeah, the rest of the show, I mean, I, I got through the rest of the show. The main event I really enjoyed, but, like, the rest of the show was, I don't know. Like, I just, after that, the tone of the show was not set by anything else. Like, it was just fun and cheeky and whatever. And then after that, it was like, eh, what's going on here? This is, what is this? What am I watching? So, Holly Cromwell and Undertaker come out, eliminate, like, the last four or five people pretty quickly. Last elimination being Warhor because Warhor actually landed on the apron when he eliminated Cornette and no one else did anything about it. Pointed even now we're like, uh, point of order, is Warhor still in this? Because Apparently no. The answer is no. Well, the anchor would yeah, be at the match and end until she grabbed Warhor and threw her over after she got every metal lore out. Okay. Then a guy came out dressed in Stone Cold, Dave Austin, gave the Jim Cornette guy a thunder after the beer calibration. That's when I actually noticed that the one photographer, Ring Kai, was dressed in Kakeem. Yes. No, from there, we have a tag team match. The N-word, that's what they called them. No, I'm not even considering that. A Jiggle and B Reich with Laney Luck taking on the team of the following, which is Elena Black and Pariah. A Jiggle, also known as Aka Jan, and B Reich is Bryce Benjamin, who actually was Jacob Bryce in this company prior to this as well. A different, different gimmick, different concept here. Pretty standard tag team match for the most part. They're come, yeah, they're come back and they're come back and forth in here. About a ten minute match or so. Laney Luck gets the distraction. A Jiggle ends up getting yeah, fitting something into Pariah Fake and getting the pin in about ten minutes. And then after the match, B Ray attack his partner and go back to the Jeep and break gimmick at the end. Yeah. I, I, and I even wrote down the N word explode because they were wearing like mega power trunks. Yes, yes, yes. I, I thought that the the trunks were really cool. Um, I thought the match was fun. It was you different. You were looking after Lenny Luck there, at Jungle. Right? Yeah, that's that's what I kind of thought. But then he joined up with the with the other group. So, and basically, he cut a promo afterward. He blamed them for him being coming complacent. It's like that was fine. Yeah, it was all right. So after that, we get Deftal Kara coming out for an appearance, working this show on a bucket lift for, her, and the Undertaker Druid came out and took Kirby Alexander to the back. Deftal Kara could announce the next match. Yep. Hello, yes, this is Dan Housing here. This uh, broadcast has been interrupted by Dan Housing because Dan Housing is using uh, his wonderful powers, very evil powers, as you know. Dan Housing is just, you know, wishing the hosts of this wonderful program, Charlie Butterhousing, Butterhousing, and Jared Hawkins Housing of IWTV Guide. And everyone listening, happy Halloween, isn't that nice? Yes, anyways, remember to love that Dan Housing and uh, send all the sacks of money to Dan Housing. Anyways, happy Halloween. Have a very nice, very evil Halloween. Wow, thanks, Dan Housing. Right in the middle of what our, our review. Thank you. Well, that, was, that was very nice, very evil. Yes, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. I was saying, we go from that to apparently the one for the Freelance Underground Championship, although no one got it till like halfway through the match. GPA defending against Gregory Iron. There was some good uh, Matt Reckling early on here. I keep I keep looking at my note and getting away from the microphone. I apologize for that. GPA took control once the match got to the floor. This was okay. Like, I, I don't have a lot of note on it. Nothing really drew my attention. Yeah, same. Yeah, it, it, no, nothing bad, nothing bad, nothing really standing out. All right. GPA hit a headlock driver for the pin about nine minutes. Yeah, I mean it was it was a decent match. Just 
didn't hit home for me or anything. No. So, and I, and I like both guys. Like it just, it just didn't click for me. Yeah. At this point, Kirby Alexander returned and looked like he was getting a cloak ripped off in the back or some shit. Like really weird. And then we get a match that contested under home field advantage rule, which is just lucha rule. I don't know why we needed the fancy name for it. And it was the take it home record of Bucky Collins, Darren Corbin, and Kenny Kutra with Mikey taking on the one called Mander, Atticus Kogar, and Eric Cannon. I really wanted to like this match, and by the time it got going, it was already over. Yeah, I don't remember anything from this match. Like, it was literally like three minutes and 49 seconds at the time I have on it. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Kenny, Kenny Kutra hit Kadambo, stop on Atticus Kogar, get the pin, less than four minutes. Like, it didn't have no, like, guy I like, no time to get it going. And then afterward, the rest of the Take It Home record could attack Kenny Kutra, even though he just got the pin, and he got the pin like the last four or five straight matches they've had. And they didn't explain this one at all. Like, I have no idea what the point of that was. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the the heel commentator gimmick that they like the, the a lot of companies have. Like, it just doesn't work on an indie show. Like, it, it certain times it does. There, there's certain situations where it'll work, but... Overall, it just, if it's a first time viewing of something, it just, it can be off putting and just, I don't know. I don't enjoy it because it's, they're more grating than anything. It just annoys me to the point like, I don't want to listen to you. If you're going to be a heel commentator, the idea is to put the heel over. And I'm not getting them putting the heel over. I get, let's like, badmouth the baby fake and make the baby fake and look like shit. You, you put the heel over, you try to justify what the heel is doing the heel cheating and you try to and you try to justify why the baby fate did something to justify the heel doing what he's doing jackie ventura was fucking great at that and jackie ventura was also willing to go okay well i don't necessarily like this guy but he did this and that's the right thing to do here like that's how you do the heel commentator gimmick no one's done it like ventura or heenan <laughs> ventura and heenan all right from there we get okay uh, valacqua against shotney blackheart one of shotney black appearance before she went to nxt this, this was uh, quite a bit of fun, actually. I gave Lackwick had Ashton Braven and Dean Jacob in, at ringside with him. I gave a great fucking cocky heel. Like, he, he stole the show here. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was just fantastic. Chunky made her come back, got away with a blatant dick kick. Yeah. Like, I, I got the point where I just assumed that it was a relaxed role, but everybody's just doing whatever anyway, but they made a real big point of talking about how blatant the dick kick was. So, yeah. maybe not. They did a ton of fall finishing. Chunky goes up to the top rope, but she gets stopped and come outside interference. Still hit her creature drop anyway. Referee gets pulled out at two. Referee can did not hit the mat on the third count, which we've talked about that how much I've been with last couple weeks. It didn't happen this time. Go good. And finally, behind the referee's back, I get a kit Chunky with her own helmet and then come get in the pin. Pretty yeah, good Pretty that, good stuff here. That very special helmet. That she loves that helmet, and it cost her the match this time. At least we understand why the helmet's special to her, unlike Bailey in that chair at Helena Cow. I want well, to get into that. You and your corporate wrestling, man. Leave that shit out of this podcast. Okay. This is a corporate free zone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> got to get by Project Monarch and somebody else whose name I didn't catch. Yeah, after the match. And then they supposedly banned Igaic and his crew from the building, but some of them came back. We'll get into that in a little bit later. Yeah. Like even the announcers were kind of confused. No. Eh. They played it off like they were accused, but that looked like that wound up being the intermission. We come back from intermission with a battle for the freelance tag team championship. The Rock Neck Monster making their debut, coming from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood against the Fake Pirate, Shane Caber and Fake Monkey. Space Monkey can't have a Halloween show without Fake Monkey. This is true. Not even a costume. He can actually have, he can actually a monkey from Fake. Like it's not even a costume, but it would go well for Halloween. Yes, and now he has a collar 
that lets him speak normal. Okay, so Caber was the one who got isolated here by the challenger. Uh, BHK had a really fucking sweet lariat. I, yeah, love the lariat he had. We get the hot tag from Fake Monkey. He gets a bunch of near fall. Uh, the challenger hit their finisher called Exploding Amnesia. Um, Monkey actually kicked out kicked out of it with like a very slow count. Like that third count just kind of hung there. Like, are you kicking out? Right. Then we got all four in the ring for a long, long time. Uh, one of them had Shane Caber pin and Faith Monkey want to break in the pin by hitting a top rope run on the other guy onto the pile. And that was perfectly timed. Caber ended up getting the pin with Davy Jones Glocker on Yuma at 12 kick. And then after the match, Dan the Dad directed champion can KLD attack. Yes. No new friends. This was pretty good. This was pretty good. Yeah, it was actually... Um, this was where the show really started to pick up for me after that kind of law in the middle there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like once this got going and everything, I was like, okay, this is, I'm kind of feeling uh, where we're at, so. From there, we get a three-way match. Robert Ego Evan, no, Robert Ego Anthony taking on Trip Cackney and Craven. The more we do the podcast, the more I start growing on triple threat matching a little bit, but we're seeing a lot more variety with, it's not all one guy live on the floor forever while the other two guys do stuff. Right. This one with a lot of all three guys in the ring at the same time, trying, you know, so even if it was one-on-one briefly, the other guy's still there. You don't forget he's there for a while. Right. That being said, this was also very short. Only about six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of noticed that. Uh, it was kind of sloppy, too. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple spots that I was like, what the fuck were they even trying? But that, that, That's still my biggest issue with these type of matches. But you know, Cackley getting the pin on Anthony with a like a kind of a crook effect, but he rolled him over instead of just rolling back. Yeah. From there, we get a battle for the Freelance Legacy Championship. The champion, Eye Candy Elliot, defending against Project Monic. The, I don't know what it was about this match, but like, how long did this go? I had it at 11.15. Both guys seemed like gassed, not even halfway through. And it just kind of, I don't know if somebody got hurt or what, but it Monic's just wasn't wasn't there. Like, it was real bizarre. Like, it just, I don't know what happened. It felt real weird. Like I, like I said, I thought maybe they were both gassed, but maybe Monix was hurt, and so they were just trying to like get through the rest of the match or something. I don't know. It was real weird. I don't know. Yeah. So Ashton Braven and Dean Jacob come out with Eye Candy Elliot at the beginning of it, and after the anchor going, I thought they were banned from the building. Well, I'm about to jump in Eye Candy, but even I kind of kept and went, no, they all left with him though. So like, I guess the announcer came. It's not gonna make any sense. Probably should have rethought what you were doing here. Right. And then they immediately got banned from ring kite anyway. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, what was the point? Yeah. <laughs> they were some really good technical technical wrestling early on before I can get before it looked like they got gassed. Uh part of the night, I think, Elliot gained control by hitting a back duplex onto the apron and Monica pulled the hell out of that. I'm yeah, wondering I, I'm wondering if he got if like if maybe that's where he got hurt because it's it's possible because like I feel like after that spot, like it just the match just kind of dragged and then like they were trying to do stuff and it just didn't seem crisp anymore. It felt like really like slowed down and forced. And I was like, are they gassed or what's going on? And then it just kind of ended and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it did feel like they were playing into the story of the match. It did feel like Elliot was trying to work the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know if it just, I don't, I don't know if I think the pink was what they wanted to be. And it just didn't come off. Like they were eh, like, so it was possible. I could be reading into things that weren't there there too. So, you know, you never know. At one point, Elliot attacked the referee from behind just because like referee didn't do anything wrong. Elliot wasn't in any real trouble. Oh, referee got a back turn. Let me just hit him. Well, yeah. Cause he was going to get the title and use the belt. Yeah. Monica got his, uh, 
uh, Final Fantasy DDT onto the title belt. And then a Mac man came out, attacked the replacement ref, attacked Monic, which led well, to the Well, the replacement pin. ref was Matt Nix. Okay. And he got attacked by the mass man after the after uh Elliot kicked out. And uh yeah, the, it was revealed that it was uh Mr. Velasquez. So yeah. uh, that band from the building worked for all of an hour. Well, you know, Halloween costume. The announcers kept saying it was a fan until he unmasked. Yeah. So we know it's not a fan. Like, sorry, yeah. that's, that's not how that works. Yeah, but you can't come right out and go, oh, I bet that's a great for that guy. No, but he could say it's, it's it's a masked man. Don't instantly be like, oh, it's a fan from the crowd. No. Yeah, because if we can actually a fan from the crowd, we know somebody would have been going out after the dude. Whether the director would have run from the back or if he had security in the building, somebody would have been going after. Well, he probably wouldn't have gotten thrown into the guardrail either by a fan. So <laughs> <laughs> probably would have handled that fan. Yeah. No. Alec Molkin came out after that, tried to try, try to go after Velaka, and then Raven and Jacob came back out and beat him up for a little while. Obviously, to cut something up for a future show. Right. I mean, this promotion does have storylines, so there's at least that. So they, they try to work some stuff. But. Yeah, and they don't necessarily do one month. Sometimes they do back-to-back week. Yeah, sometimes they go a month between shows. So they, yeah, that's not a, it's not like they're running 10 shows a year and that, yeah, they're running 15, 20 shows a year most, most time. Right. And then we're going to go into that main event. Number one contender, a build like a four-way match. Don't spoil it. I get the spoil. Announce the four competitors. Tony Deppen, Kobe Dirt, Ricky Shane Page, and Craig Mitchell. And just before the bell ring, who comes out? Smiley Kylie Ray! And we This is her return uh, after she left AEW. Uh, this was her big surprise return to freelance. The crowd goes fucking wild. Holy shit, this was the loudest pop I heard from the crowd the entire night, and it kept going, and kept going, and kept going, and kept going. And Pat Patterson would say they went banana. Yes, it was it was wild. With her being in there, it turned, turned into a five-way match. Crowd chaining, welcome home, welcome home. Yep. Yeah, not even welcome back, welcome home, which I thought was a night touch. Winner of this one is going to take on Ethan Page the following week for the for the world title. I think they get the following week anyway. I think it was the following month. Whatever, whatever the next show was. Yes. The next show. How about that? Yeah, that worked. That worked for me. Uh, Kylie Ray, go hug everybody. Kept Tony Deppen. Tony Deppen having none of it. Matter of fact, he pretty, he kicked her right in the face. For even conjecting, she want to hug. Tony Deppen kind of a dick. <laughs> at least, at least in character, he a dick. I've never met the dude. We're less than a minute in, and this becomes everything I hate about three way matches because there are three people out on the floor and there are two people fighting in the ring, and like most of the matches that way. Yeah, like it make even less than kind of five what to do that than Duncan. Yeah, you could have you'd have one Perkin laid out, and then like four people faking off two and on each guy. Like I don't get, I don't understand. Yeah, and then would be like they'd go someone to get in the ring, they'd get hit, and they'd go out, and somebody else would come in. They, they did that quite a few times. Uh, I mean, it was only like a fifteen minute match. It wasn't like they could do a ton of stuff. Whatever. Deppen at one point countered a attempted European forearm by Kyler Ray into a fucking German, which goddamn wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I think they, they should have just done Kylie Ray and Tony Deppen one on one. I mean, that was really the story of this match. Those two against each other. Yeah. Mitchell hit hit finisher the trapper keeper on dirt, but Kylie Ray ended up breaking that up with a Cooper kick, and then Kylie eventually pinned Mitchell with the power bomb. And Deppen tried to make the cave, but can't quite get there. I did like the finish a lot. Good stuff. And Kylie gets the title shot. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good stuff there. I got my favorite still the opener. I, I'm I'm always cucker for Halloween Battle Royal. I'm still pimped that there aren't any shows in Ohio, and I can't do one this year. Because I had first time I ever had a contemplate a fucking year in advance, and I can't do anything with it. Will it be relevant next year? Probably. Okay. As long as it's relevant, one of these. I mean, you can. 
I mean, as long as it's related, you can make it relevant. I don't know. There's there's some things like uh, you could you, you could be the uh, guy that jumped off that second rope and both his knees buckled. That'd be a great costume this year, you know. I mean, somebody at the somebody at the Mega Battle Royal like two years ago did Joe LaDuke. Like, who, who even who in that audience would even remember who Joe LaDuke is? I'm rolling to bet you don't even know who Joe LaDuke. Is. I have no fucking idea. Who exactly. That is. <laughs> yeah, if somebody can do Joe LaDuke in the tw- in tw- like 2018 or whatever. I think whatever I come up with is gonna work. If you say so. You also know the kind of costume I normally do for these type of thing. Like I go with manager or referee or some kind of periphery. It's not like I'm going out there doing Hogan or some shit. Yeah, you know, you do like Andy Kaufman or Jim Cornette or. So. I, did, I did Dangerous Danny Davis a couple of years ago. I did Fonky last year with Fonky Pop for. Yeah, you did. Okay, okay, the one I had planned for the year. I'm going to probably do it next year anyway. I'm going to do Brother Love this year. Jesus. Oh, man. God, I can make it relevant. So, where are we going on this show? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the. I'm going to go thumbs in the middle. Just because I had a hard time getting in that show after that Battle Royal. The Battle Royal was so much fun, and I, I couldn't get anything about three or four matching after that. Yeah, I feel like uh, we only really picked this one because it was a Halloween show, and we wanted to do a freelance show, and this is what happened. They had a Halloween theme show with the Battle Royal. That's why it was selected. Um, I want to give them another chance down the road with something um, maybe from this year uh, to kind of see what a just a full-on show is without like any goofy gimmick battle royals or anything like that and see if it makes up for it because i feel like it probably will i'm gonna go thumbs in the middle as well just because nothing really stood out to me on the entire card outside of like the main event and the opening um i completely forgot that shotzi and and uh black black yeah that that match even happened until you mentioned it again i'm like oh yeah that's right shotzi was on this show I, I think I think that would have been better curves if the battle royal would have gone on last, or as like for intermission or something, just something to break it up. I don't I don't know. It was weird. It just it is what it is. I don't know. I, I couldn't say what would be best for that, but yeah, I want to check out another show down the road. I know that they've there's some interesting ones. I was kind of hoping Danhausen would have been in the battle royal. That'd have been really fun. He was not. He could have been in there at himself and would have fit right in anyway. Right. Exactly. I did one Halloween battle royal year ago where like the first four people in it were all the all the same guy, one guy on their current roster. For four guy called the exact same thing just to mech with him. All right, so let's go home. Any plugs? If you're not an actor, you can follow me on Twitter at PW Critique. Uh, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Follow me on Twitch at TMJHawk. I think that's it. And you can use promo code PWP for five days free at independentwrestling.tv. And you can check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby, wherever you get your podcast from. And check out our other non-podcast friends, ProWrestlingPonderings.com, The Big Starks Brand, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Kayfabe Collectibles, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters. And, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Happy Halloween, everyone. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the mash he did the monster mash the monster mash it was a graveyard smash he did the mash it caught on in a flash he did the mash he did the monster mash
From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires peace The ghouls all came from their humble abode To get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash